from 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This is the K1 Podcast. Welcome to the K1 Podcast. I'm Kevin Zimmerman, joined by Rudy Carpenter. Cardinals back off a bye and coming out really flat. A 34-7 loss to the Los Angeles Rams at home. And Kyler Murray, I, I think it's pretty easy to say that was his worst game. 19 of 34. 163 yards, no touchdowns, one interception, six sacks. Could have been more interceptions than that. Um, I mean, Rudy, is there any question that was by far his worst game? Well, I don't think there's any question. This was definitely by far Kyler's worst game statistically, but it was also his worst game when you just watch him play. He didn't look comfortable. He did not look like he was seeing the field well. He did not look like he was able to uh, get a good feel for what the defense was doing and and be able to make good, clean, decisive decisions. Um, it looked as if uh, the, the Los Angeles Rams had a really good game plan for Kyler, both in the way that they wanted to pass rush, they wanted to run blitz and have some pass blitzes, the way they wanted to run some stunts with their defensive linemen to try to really corral Kyler and try to keep him in the pocket, not let him beat them with his legs or his off-schedule plays. And so I thought Kyler really struggled. And again, the stat that sticks out to me when you talk about Kyler Murray is he was still, you know, he was 19 for 34. So it's not, that's not a great percentage, obviously, only 163 yards. So not very many explosive plays. And we haven't seen the explosive plays really the last few weeks. The one interception was bad. But when you go and you watch the tape, I mean, he legitimately could have had at least four interceptions in that game. And whether he had some dropped or he had some negated by penalties, I mean, he was throwing the ball to the other team. But again, the six sacks to me over the last few weeks or really since the middle of the season, we had seen Kyler do a better job of not taking sacks, throwing the ball away, uh, not taking clean hits when he was trying to um, – when he was trying to, you know, uh, prolong the play, he did a nice job of realizing when the play was over and getting the ball out of his hand. This week was not one of those games. He was holding on to the ball. He was flimsy with the ball, one hand on the ball, took some clean hits. But like I said, six sacks for 39 yards for this Arizona Cardinals team is not something that they're going to be able to overcome. Negative plays, the Cardinals are not good enough right now to overcome. And then you look at the rushing stats. Kenyon Drake had 13 carries for 31 yards. Kyler Murray, four carries for 28 yards with a sore hamstring. David Johnson, a non-factor again, four, four rushes for 15 yards. And the Arizona Cardinals offense just looked really discombobulated. And then when you add that with the fact that another quarterback came in to Cardinal Stadium and went 32 for 43, 424 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and one sack, it just seems like every quarterback that comes in here has like a 65% completion percentage. They're throwing for two or three or four touchdowns, never any interceptions. And, and Jared Goff came in and did that. And so you know, there's obviously a problem with this Cardinals defense, but especially with their pass defense. And I think you got to ask yourself the question, you know, is this Vance Joseph? Is it the scheme? Or is it the talent and the players? And in my personal opinion, I think it's the latter. I wanted to ask you, being a quarterback, I mean, when you look at Goff's game against the Ravens, what, last week, not even a week ago, because it was a short week for them, I mean, he looked like he was scared. He was missing throws. Um, and then this week he throws, like you said, for over 400 yards. I think it was like the 10th most 
passing yards allowed by the Cardinals. I mean, in their very long franchise history, something like that. So what did you see from him that just allowed him to be so comfortable? I mean, it's it's just a talent issue on the Cardinals side. I mean, when you look at the Robert Woods screen pass on that third and nine deep and they're backed up in their own territory and he just goes across the field to me and you watch him outrun a whole defense, that's, that's to me, just talent. Well, when you look at Jared Goff's stats in the Ravens game, he was 26 for 37, 212 yards, no touchdowns and two interceptions. He was still only sacked twice for 13 yards. And in the run game, Todd Gurley against the Ravens had six carries for 22 yards. And, and you know, that's just a, a – you, you can't win – games like that and that just goes to show you you know how good this Baltimore Ravens team is and the Baltimore Ravens defense is but when you look at the box score from this last game we already mentioned Jared Goff's stats but Todd Gurley's stats were important he had 19 carries for 95 yards and when you have a running game like they have or like they can have at times a Todd Gurley it makes a big difference and that brings it to my David Johnson point which is the Arizona Cardinals paid David Johnson expecting him to be one of the best backs in the league expecting him to be a Todd Gurley type player a guy who can run the football in between the tackles a guy who has enough juice to run outside of the tackles and a guy who's good in the passing game and right now David Johnson has just been he's disappeared and when you're the Arizona Cardinals, I, I like Cliff Kingsbury, and I love what Kyler Murray's been able to do this year, but when you have guys who you draft in the second round, like Andy Isabella, who's done nothing for you, Hakeem Butler's been on injured reserve and has done nothing for you, Christian Kirk, who I think is a chance to still be a great professional, has just been kind of you know mediocre this year and hasn't had a million opportunities. And you're relying on guys, you know, like Kashawn Johnson or, or you know, Farrell Cooper, who's an older guy. I mean, or Demir Bird. You're relying on these guys. It's just, it's very difficult when your franchise players don't ball out for you. And right now, for the Arizona Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald's balling out. Kyler Kingsbury's doing his best to ball out. But the other two guys, David Johnson and Patrick Peterson, in my view, are doing nothing to help this team win football games. I mean, Peterson was on that Robert Woods play where obviously if you're getting blocked by a quarterback and losing where the ball is, that is a bad look on you. And then later on that drive, they scored and that was just beat on man coverage um, by Cooper Cup. Um, With the David Johnson thing, though, like when we talk about how the Ravens attacked the Rams, I thought like Cliff has talked about stealing stuff from people. And I was like, the Rams showed no ability to stop the run and I know that's a very different running game very different quarterback in Lamar Jackson but when you have Kyler Murray kind of tweaked hamstring or not and you have David Johnson you have Kenyon Drake and you have Chase Edmonds active at least you would think that they would try even after they got behind 10-0 it was still a ball game they got lucky with the field goals got some stops even though the offense by Los Angeles is moving so I I want to ask you, like, why do you think they did not try to run the ball or get creative in using their backs or having? I know they had a few plays where David was in with them with Kenyon Drake, but I think he only had 15 snaps. Yeah, I think that's a fair question, and and like I said, I I think we should also be fair to Cliff Kingsbury to a certain extent. Yes, he wants to steal plays. Yes, he's gonna. This is a copycat league. It's what NFL coaches do. They steal plays. They see what works. They, they, they try to figure out what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are and then really attack those weaknesses. And the Arizona, or I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Rams were attacked by the Baltimore Ravens in their run defense. 
with that being said, Cliff Kingsbury's style of run game is a is a zone running scheme. Um, it's 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 different, and and why that's important is because the Baltimore Ravens they they have some zone elements, but they are a power running football team. That that means when you're blocking zone uh, uh, plays, you're it's a zone defense. Okay, you're blocking areas. When when you're a power football team, you're blocking guys and and. You have to have a certain style of offense and a certain style of offensive lineman to do that. But I think you brought up a really good point, which is Kyler Murray and his hamstring. And why I think that's important is because what it really goes to show, something I've been saying all year, is when you draft a franchise quarterback like Kyler Murray and you understand his skill set, you have to have a plan designed specifically for him. And I think the Arizona Cardinals have that with him and Cliff Kingsbury. But you can't expect Kyler on an NFL schedule week in and week out to carry the load like he's been doing both in the pass game and in the run game. And this week was a perfect example of that. A less than 100% Kyler Murray with a sore hamstring you're, you're expecting him to carry the load both in the run game and the pass game. And I go back to you traded for Kenyon Drake for a reason. He's going to be a free agent. You have to decide if you're going to pay him or not. You have David Johnson, who you drafted, and you decided to make him a franchise player and rewarding him with a big contract. You drafted Chase Edmonds, and you're still trying to develop him. And at times this year, he did some really good things. And so even though this run game, to answer your question, is very different than the Baltimore Ravens, you still have to test this Los Angeles Rams team and make sure they got something shored up in the run game and attack them and, and, and make sure that you know they've fixed their issues. And right now, we just haven't seen that. The commitment to the run game in this game was, in my view, non-existent. But you can also go back and say, well, you know, quarterback play and offensive play calling is dependent on situations. And we were right back in a situation we've been in all year, which is the Arizona Cardinals got down early in the game. And because of that, they're chasing points. And when you're chasing points, you're not playing against the other team. You're playing against the clock. And so that kind of negates the find the other team's weakness and attack it because you're not really playing against them. You're playing against the clock in that situation. Situation. And so I just think that's been the issue for Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray really all year long. It really did kind of have that feel of kind of the Lions game where it was just sputtering offense, sputtering offense, and then obviously they rallied. They don't rally against a, a team like the Rams, which is, I mean, they look like every bit about their Super Bowl selves of a year ago. Uh, maybe just for a week. Who knows? We'll see. Um, with Kyler, though, what did you see from him as far as, all right, they... They brought some pressure early. They got an early sack. He even kind of admitted after the game, like Aaron Donald being in there, he might have, he was getting skittish basically um, with pressure up the middle. Did you see that? And obviously he was getting quick throws out and they were jumping balls on him. Yeah, that's a hard thing. I mean, look, when you're, when you're the, when you're the Los Angeles Rams and you feel like the offensive line of the Arizona Cardinals can't block your front three or block your front four, when they can't do that, um, well, you know, then they understand they can play a certain style of defense and they can play a defense that's really aggressive with their defensive backs because they know the ball is going to come out of their hands. So defensive backs don't have to get in their back pedal. They just sit there and they squat and they're reading the quarterback's footwork in the quarterback's eyes and they feel like, hey, these balls are going to come out of his hand quickly because they can't protect long enough to do that, which means the defensive backs do not feel threatened vertically. 
When defensive backs don't feel threatened vertically, it's going to be a long day for the quarterback, especially when they have a pass rush. And so the fact that Kyler Murray admitted that the pass rush was in his mind a little bit, I think more goes to show you that maybe he's not as confident in his offensive line as you would need, and you can't blame him for that because the offensive line has been, you know, in my view, poor all year long, and that's obviously a a, a need for some major upgrades. Um in my opinion, when you're talking about the Arizona Cardinals roster. But again, I'm going to go back to, to Kyler's situation. And for an NFL, for a rookie, given the situation that he's in, the Arizona Cardinals had the number one pick in the draft last year for a reason. And I think with that being said, there are a lot of NFL teams right now, whether it's the Jets, whether it's the Bengals, whether it's the Browns, um, whether it's the, if you want to say the Raiders or whether, I mean, there are a lot of these teams, even the Carolina Panthers as of late or the Washington Redskins are losing games. I know the Redskins won this, but they're losing games because of their quarterback play. The, the Chicago Bears losing games because of their quarterback play. I personally don't think the Arizona Cardinals have lost games because of their quarterback play. And so what that tells you is this team needs to build their roster in a bunch of other ways. And, and it's it's really evident when you watch the Arizona Cardinals play within the division because the separation between the Arizona Cardinals and the Rams and the Seahawks and the 49ers, I mean, it's a the, the gap is, it almost seems like it's insurmountably wide right now. That's a good lead-in because... If I ask you to play GM, I mean, there's two ways to go about this. And now we're going to start getting into, do, does the GM leave? Does the DC like get fired? Um, but let's just say if you're Cliff, how do you manage this roster? Because, okay, you got to find out. Does David Johnson still have anything in the tank? What's his role? Um, he was used as a receiver a little bit yesterday, but obviously only 15 snaps is only 15 snaps. Um like Kenyon Drake might not be here next year. Um, do you need to find out more what you do with Andy Isabella, or are you still just trying to win games? I mean, because those are two different directions. Am I right? Yeah, they are two different directions, but that always comes with the major problem in the NFL, which is who has power to make the decisions. And look, we were told last year, and on this podcast last year, I railed against people who were totally against Mike McCoy and Steve Wilkes. That's not because I thought that. Steve Wilkes and Mike McCoy did a phenomenal job last year. That's not what I believe. But what I am saying is is it's almost impossible to win football games in that situation when you have one year to do it. I mean, it takes time to put your your offensive scheme in place or your defensive scheme in place and get it moving in the right direction. And the Arizona Cardinals made a scheme change both on offense and defense. You have a lot of players on this roster who have had multiple scheme changes over the last year and a half, and that's difficult to be able to adjust to. So the real question to me is, there's a lot of holes on this roster. And who makes the decision about guys like David Johnson, about guys like Patrick Peterson? Who makes decisions about free agency that's coming up? And who makes decisions about the upcoming draft? And as of now, it seems like Steve Keim has complete control over the roster and those decisions. And... I think it just depends on what camp you're in. At this point, me personally, I'm in the camp that Steve Kime has had a lot of time to build this roster, and he's had a lot of time to hire and fire certain coaches. And at some point in time, you can point the finger at Steve Wilkes, 
You can point the finger at Josh Rosen. You can point the finger at Ken Wisenhunt. You can point the finger at Mike McCoy. You can point the finger at a lot all the different quarterbacks that they've played. I mean, Sam Bradford, Derek Anders. I mean, all through the guys. But at some point in time when you're pointing the finger at somebody, you have three fingers pointing back at you. And to me, I just think that's where this organization is right now with Steve Kime. And that, again, regardless of what happens with Kime, it's like, if you're Cliff, all right, assuming you have a year, another year of being the head coach of the Cardinals, what do you want to do? Do you want to find out who's your guy? Right now, it doesn't look like David Johnson's your guy. Um do you want to find out if Andy Isabella can play a little more? And he's actually gone a little backwards in the last few weeks as far as whether he's earned the right to play. And Cliff does seem like a guy where he's like, you got to earn it. Um, so, I mean, this is just a really interesting time now because it's clear, all right, this team is taking steps backward right now out of a bye week. I don't know if it was just a one-off and it's just... I don't know if you have a bad game, but that didn't look good. Um, I don't know. It's just there are so many questions that have to be answered and a lot of, that you can't answer at this point. So I, I think I would just say they need to go on all in and say, this is what our team's going to look like. These are our guys. Um, and if that's not playing David Johnson, I think maybe that's the thing. But then you're stuck with the money issue. So there are just a lot of moving parts to this right now. Well, and I think because of that, because it is so complicated like that, you have to ask yourself who got who got you into that complicated situation. Yeah. And I think we know the answer to that question. As far as I'm concerned, I think if you're Cliff Kingsbury, you got to throw Andy Isabella out there on the field and let him play the rest of the season. You got to put all your young guys on the field and let them play the rest of the season. You've got to put all those guys who have little knick-knack injuries here and put those guys on IR and get your young guys in playing. Pull some of your practice squad guys up to the active roster and get those guys playing. Get guys on your roster for the end of this season who are healthy and who are hungry and guys who want to play and put some game film out there to try to get themselves an opportunity. But I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan, and when I watch – Patrick Peterson's want to when I watch his effort, especially considering the fact he was suspended for the first somewhat half of the season, and you look at David Johnson, I just think that two things can be true at once. We can sit here and say that Patrick Peterson's been a great Cardinal, and we can sit here and say David Johnson's been a great Cardinal and had some great Cardinals moments, and maybe those guys are are in Patrick Peterson's case, a Hall of Fame player and a Ring of Honor player. Maybe David Johnson at some point is a Ring of Honor player, but it doesn't mean that they're good for this team right now. And so maybe the answer is that both those guys have to go somewhere else. And and because you're in a position where you need as many assets as possible, you'll take draft picks so you can try to build this roster back up. But again, I think the question becomes... If you're if you're Mr. Bidwell, do you trust Steve Kime with another draft? I think right now the number is eight eight uh, picks that Steve Kime has made on the 53 man roster somewhere around there, and I just don't think that's a number that you should feel comfortable with. But then you have another problem, which is, all right, well if you go ahead and move on from Steve Kime, that means whatever GM you bring in, you're dictating to that GM that he's going to keep the quarterback and he's going to keep probably the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, and maybe even the defensive coordinator in place, you're really just saying we want a new GM and that's it. And there aren't a lot of GMs out there who you would say this guy's a difference maker who would want to take a job with those circumstances and or restrictions on them. Looking ahead, I'm sure we'll have more time to talk about that stuff, but um, 
Pittsburgh Steelers are up next. They beat the Browns 20 to 13, and they've won six of their last seven somehow without a really experienced quarterback. Um, whether it's Hodges, I think he had a pretty good game um, 14 for 21. A touchdown and interception last week. He started over Mason Rudolph. I mean, that team, maybe two weeks ago, we could say, oh, that looks like the Cardinals could take that win. But now I'm not so sure. That team's hot right now. Well, not only that, but look, this is a this is a coach in Mike Tomlin who I think is a very good example for Arizona Cardinals fans. This is a guy that, in my view, deserves Coach of the Year votes. This is a guy that lost Antonio Brown, Hall of Fame guy, lost Le'Veon Bell, a perennial pro bowler juju schuster juju smith schuster not playing their running back connor's not playing this is a team that has lost their quarterback one as well in ben roethlisberger benched quarterback two they're starting an undrafted free agent in devlin hodges we're going to have a game where you have an undrafted free agent rookie quarterback playing up against the first overall pick in kyler murray that who are both rookies that's a rare situation and i think this really gives credence to to what Mike Tomlin's been able to do with this team. And they've been able to win games simply because of coaching. And I think Mike Tomlin deserves a massive pat on the back for what he's been able to do. And it just goes to show you, as an organization, what you can do You know, when you have a more than competent coach in that position. I understand that they only they beat the, the Cincinnati Bengals, but... Let's not forget, many Arizona Cardinals fans and the, the Cardinals organization in general was thrilled when they went up to Cincinnati and beat that team. So the fact that they, that they beat the Bengals and they beat, or I'm sorry, yeah, they, they beat the Bengals, they right? They beat the Bengals two weeks ago, They beat yeah. the Bengals two weeks ago with Mason Rudolph as their starter and yeah. Devin Hodgins, or yeah, Hodges, Hodges came in and played yeah. at the end of that game. Um, the Bengals got their first win against the Jets this week, right? So, you know, this is a uh, to me, this is what good coaching is, and that's what Kevin or that's what uh, Mike Tomlin has been able to show. This is what good coaching is, and it's also a credit to Kevin Colbert, who's their who's their general manager. Which is, again, people should hear this. I mean, you lose Antonio Brown, you lose Le'Veon Bell, you lose Ben Roethlisberger, you lose your starting running back. You lose your number one wide receiver, and they're still finding ways to win football games with a third-string undrafted free agent quarterback. That is a credit to coaching, and it's a credit to the roster that Kevin Colbert has built there. The Arizona Cardinals can't win games with all their guys. Their defense has been really good, too. I mean, do a quick summary of how they might attack Kyler and just without the... It's unclear what his weapons are week to week. Well, that's the problem with the air, but but again, the main problem with the Arizona Cardinals and it's the strength of the Pittsburgh Steelers is the Arizona Cardinals have had a hard time with their offensive line and the defensive front for the Pittsburgh Steelers has been very very good this year. They've been kind of soft in some areas on the on the in the defensive backfield, but again, Joe Hayden's having a pretty good year. Their their other corner, they've made a lot of switches in that area, but. They're going to be able to attack them maybe in the pass game, but again, if you can't pass protect and you can't run the football, it's 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 very difficult, especially when you're in ideal conditions in Cardinal Stadium. I mean, it's just you know when when, when you when you lose up front on both sides of the ball on the offensive line and the defensive line, which is what the Arizona which is what happened to the Arizona Cardinals almost all year long. It's very very difficult to win football games. That's Rudy Carpenter. I'm Kevin Zimmerman. Thanks for listening as always.